and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday we get together, we talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And Leah Brandon, since this is Christmas week, I figured we'd Uh start this program off in a truly unique fashion. Okay. By bringing in a very special guest. I've mentioned her several times before on the program. In fact, a couple weeks ago, uh, she heard our show for the first time. She's my three-year-old daughter, Grace. Uh, And when she heard us the first time, uh, the only time she's ever heard us, the first thing she asked me the next morning was... Who's your lady on the radio? <laughs> so she she was referring to you. So I told her Leah. So Grace, say hi to Leah. Hi Leah. Oh hi Grace. How are you? Good. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit to Grace because the first time we talked about you, Grace, was Halloween. This is a big week for you, obviously Christmas. But on Halloween, what were you for Halloween? Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> And and what and who was your Prince Charming? Daddy. Yeah. Aww. And how did that go? How was Daddy a good Prince Charming? Yeah. Yeah. D- I was so naked in dinner. You were what? Naked in dinner. You were naked at dinner. That's good information to know. We're off to a great start already. Talking Yay! about nudity with my three-year-old daughter. All right, let's quickly move to Christmas then, Grace. So tell us what's going to happen on Christmas in a few days. Um. My birthday is going to come. Your birthday? No, it's not your birthday. Uh, Whose birthday is it? Um, um, baby Jesus. It's baby oh, Jesus' birthday. So cute. Right, it's baby Jesus' birthday. And who, by the way, who's making a movie about Jesus? Um, Cyrus. Cyrus? And who's Cyrus? He's a friend. My friend. And what movie, what other movie did Cyrus make? Um, oh my God. Uh, the place... Um, a flew the planes in the building. Right. They flew the movie about 9-11, where they flew the... But who flew the planes into the building? The bad guys. The bad guys <laughs> did. See, see, Leah, we, we teach them... Listen, it'd be really hard to be your kid, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it'd be tough. Well, she's, she already knows more about 9-11 than most sixth graders do. I can assure you that. Or right. most adults at this point. Right. Okay, so let's go back to Christmas. So what happens on Christmas, Grace? Santa comes. And what happens? Yeah. Um, he brings you toys. He brings you <laughs> toys. But what, only if you're a good girl, right? Yes. Are you sure you've been good? Yes. Are you positive? Yes. Sometimes you're not that good, though. You, you know that, right? Yes. You do know that. <laughs> now, now, Leah, Gra- uh, Grace's Christmas list, literally, we kept it for months, has over 40 items on it. Over 40 items. We're, we haven't even been able to calculate all of them some of them are i can't even mention on the radio because they're uh, pornographic um okay but uh, others like for instance she wants a jet like a, a flying hey, me jet. too right, you want a pony by the way leah has <gasps> leah has three ponies did you I know do. that grace no no great i have three ponies she wants a pony uh she wants a hotel you want a hotel right a, a, with, with all the people. You want all the people in the hotel. The, do you, you do realize that Santa can't bring you everything on your list, right? Yes, I have to bring all the toys. You have to bring all the toys. Yes, because he has a lot of other toys to bring. So there's not enough room on the sleigh. You understand that, right? What is the one thing you want most from Santa? Um, the Doc McStuffins mobile cart. The Doc McStuffins mobile cart. Do you know who Doc McStuffins is, Leah? 
I have no clue. Doc McStuffins is basically Condoleezza Rice in a cartoon character. She's a, oh. a, a, you know, a very smart little black girl who plays doctor. Um, and Grace is a big fan of Doc McStuffins. And I have a Doc McStuffins jacket. You have a Doc McStuffins jacket. Now, you do know, Grace, though, that with, with President Obama, we probably don't want you to become a doctor anymore. It's not that, big, it's not that great a thing to be a doctor to. anymore. You want to be a doctor anyway? Yes. Do you, what do you, tell me about what you think about President Obama. What's, tell me about Barack Obama. Do you like him? No. When I was a, a little girl, I cried about him. I didn't like that picture. <laughs> you didn't like the picture of Barack Obama? Mm. No, it, it's true. She was at a fair. She, she saw a picture of Barack Obama, and she cried and cried and cried. Why did you cry in the picture of Barack Obama? Because he's mean. Because he's mean. <laughs> Who told hey, you Hey, Grace, that? wait a minute. I have a question for Grace. Go for it. What's your question for Grace? Grace, who is the person that broke your daddy's heart? Um, what is it? You know who, who it is. Who, who broke daddy's person? heart? Um, it's the picture in daddy's room. Right, the picture in daddy's room. <laughs> Tiger... Woods. Tiger Woods. <laughs> there we go. And okay, so Grace, going along these lines, uh, who is your true love? Jordan Speak. Jordan, oh my God! Jordan that's Speak. a brainwash. Right? No, it's true. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why? What does Mommy think about Jordan Speak being your true love? Um, uh, she, I think she, um, I think she, she, old and bald. Right. She, mommy does not like Jordan Spieth being your true love because he's old, old and, and bald. Old and bald. But what do you think of Jordan Spieth? Um, uh, I think he's my true love because he's into golf. Because he's into golf. You now you, oh. you you played golf too, right? Yeah, you got your goofy golf club and your Mickey Mouse golf club and your Donald golf club. Donald Duck fully. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> now, now, Grace, we only have a couple more minutes here, a couple real quick uh, sec- seconds here with our, our guest, uh, my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Grace Ziegler, on this Christmas week. Are you nervous about Christmas, Grace? You seem very confident. Are you no. confident that Santa's going to come? Yeah, no. You're not. You're not confident. All right. Well, it's good. It's good to be a little bit on edge. You're never sure. Well, wait, but but she just saw Santa. Yes. Yeah, uh, a couple day. nights ago. What did you ask him for yeah, then? Grace. Yeah. What the did Doc you say McStuffins to Santa? Mobile cart. No, it's, it's always the Doc McStuffins mobile cart. Okay. She's very consistent. And it has been for almost a year now. All right. So, okay. So that I, that we really have all our chips riding on the Doc McStuffins mobile cart. <laughs> they're, they're, everything's hey. real, everything rides on the Doc McStuffins mobile cart. Now, okay. FYI. The pony is going to move to the top of the list before you know it, yeah. so you might as well get ready. I may have to ask you back for uh, for Lucky, the pony we bought uh, many years ago at KFI. <laughs> um, right, last thing, by the way, Grace, what, what where's your favorite place to visit? Where, what's your favorite place? Um, 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 San Diego. San Diego. Why do you like? Oh, yeah. We're on in San Diego. People are listening to you right now in San Diego. What 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 uh, what do you like about San Diego? Um, the hotels. The hotels. And the beach? Yes. And what? And why do you like the hotels there? Because um, they have lots of beds. Because they have lots of beds. So Grace, <laughs> Grace loves her hotels. She wants a hotel for Christmas. I don't really see that happening. But... <laughs> and, and people. Yeah, okay. All right, so Grace, you did a great job. Did, did you have fun yes, on the radio did. here? Mm-hmm. Was that fun? 
Say, all right, so I want you to just wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And say, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> well, thank you, Grace, and Merry Christmas. All right, you did a great job. All right, when we come back on the John and Leah Show, we'll get to a very, very busy news week. Tons to talk about. We'll get to it all on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We're heard on 20 different stations throughout the nation, including in New York City and in Los Angeles. I broadcast from just outside of Los Angeles. Leah Brandon does so from Birmingham, Alabama. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, Leah, thank you for indulging us in that uh, first segment where we had the, uh, the broadcast premiere of uh, Grace Ziegler, my three-year-old daughter, uh, who did a fantastic job. <laughs> she was job. so cute. Oh, uh, she did a fantastic... I mean, and, uh, the rest of the show cannot possibly... Uh, Live up to that. No, there's no way. We, the, the listeners will never be as entertained as they were in that first segment, but we'll do our very best. My, my uh, preliminary goal, since she's clearly not going to be a golfer, she's way too much of a girly girl to be a golfer, which is fine. You know, that's that's perfectly great. Uh, um, is for her to be um, the next Ann Coulter, only prettier and with a soul. That's my goal. Okay. That's my goal for uh, Grace. So her and, and I did not. I, I, we hardly ever talk about Barack Obama in my house. So uh, we did not in any way facilitate her condemnation of our president um, or or anything else for that matter. <laughs> I did facilitate the Jordan Spieth thing. I'll acknowledge I that. I facilitated that. But but she, you know, you can't force a three-year-old to do anything. So she went with it, all right? And so, yes, it was my idea for Jordan Speed to be her true love, but uh, she has embraced it. Despite It's the only thing she sided with me on, this, other than, you know, against her mother's wishes so far. So I got that going for me, which is nice. But all he right. is old and bald, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, with that said, let's uh, start with the, uh, the news of the week. And, and basically, I'm going to frame most, if not all, of this week's news in the context of... The greatest week that Donald Trump could ever imagine happening without him doing a damn thing. And it's it, magic. It is. It's exactly. It's exactly. With me, it just works. You know, it's magic. Right. That's that's what happened this week for Donald Trump, and it started seemingly a very long time ago, just near where I'm broadcasting from in the city of Los Angeles, where they decided to shut down every single public school for no reason at all. Tell us about yes. that, Leah. Yes. Well, the L.A. school system shut down because they received an email threat that one person deemed was credible. 640,000 kids staying home. The email was also sent to New York City, where the mayor and the police commissioner, Bill Bratton, recognized it immediately as a hoax. The email that was received in New York City, which is uh, similar and almost exactly the same as received in other locales, specifically Los Angeles, that uh, we do not see that as a credible terrorist threat, and we are investigating it as a hoax. 
We later found out that the FBI in L.A. had also deemed it a threat, but that the L.A. school superintendent made the decision all by himself. The press conferences after Bill Bratton, the police commissioner in New York, made those statements. Then it turned into a big defense. The L.A. police chief, Charlie Beck. Very late last night, uh, the Los Angeles Police Department was uh, contacted by LAU, LA Unified School Police uh, Chief uh, Zipperman about a very specific threat that had been delivered via email to a number of uh, the people on the school board. No, Charlie let me down. That was not the one. Anyway, he slammed Bill Bratton for saying that, uh, you know, it's easy if you're not in the position where you're responsible for the children to, you know, slam them for doing what they did. It was a hoax. Nothing was found. Similar emails were also sent to other school systems this week, and one more school system fell for it. All right. Now, I didn't even know. There was another school system that fell for it? Yeah. Do you know which one that was? Somewhere in Indiana. All right. not a, Obviously not a big school system. I did not know no, that. No, no, no. It was All like right. two schools or something. All right. Well, here, here's what I, I found several things interesting about this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I, I love, as a guy who loves revenge, uh, I love Bill Bratton <laughs> twisting the knife into his former employers in Los Angeles as he was the former <laughs> police chief in Los Angeles. I mean, he just, the shade he was throwing in their direction was just oh, yeah. tremendous. And you have to remember. Assuming that all these emails were sent at the same time or about the same time, New York City had three less hours to deal with this than Los Angeles did. And, you know, New York City, for all of its problems, is clearly a first class city. It is a real, you know, major league city. Los Angeles looked like. Double A, single A, minor league city in comparison (laughs) uh, to the adults in New York. I mean, you got a socialist mayor in New York City, and even he was instantly able to figure out uh, we're not doing anything about this because this is obviously a hoax. They they uh, spelled Allah with a lowercase a. Yes. Uh, the the, the uh, narrative of the email makes no sense. It it, it reads by, by clearly as somebody who was trying to create a situation, which they probably never dreamed they would be able to create in a city as large as Los Angeles. And and I hope people understand how big a deal this is. To, to with no notice whatsoever, close the second largest school district in the country. Over 600,000 kids instantaneously having nowhere to go. That's right. N- nothing to do. No supervision. And the kids, they were showing up at schools because they didn't get the heads up. Right. And the, the most amazing part about this is of those 600,000 plus students in the Los Angeles school district, I would say that at least a few thousand have parents who are U.S. citizens. That's how important Maybe. this that's how important this story is, that there are actually a few U.S. citizens that were impacted by this. Um, I, I kid, but I'm only slightly exaggerating. Uh, all right, when we come back, I want to share a few more thoughts on this and then go on to the rest of this week, which was uh, the dream week for Donald Trump, even while he didn't do anything to deserve it. On the John and Leah Show, here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network, our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com.
This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And the next hour, we'll be getting into our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And a ton happened and did not happen this week. I think it was a very significant week on both sides of the aisle when it came to the race for the White House 2016. So eagerly looking forward to discussing that in the next hour. But first... I want to um, finish up some thoughts on what I think is a very important and very underestimated and, shockingly, misreported issue with regard to the closing of the Los Angeles School District earlier this week because of an obvious hoax email that was sent to several cities throughout the country. Los Angeles, the only major uh, school district to fall for it. New York did not, and boy, did L.A. fall for it. And Leah... There's a couple of reasons why I think this is important. One, I do think it does expose what a rinky-dink city Los Angeles is in comparison to, for instance, New York. They're just uh, incompetent. Well, I mean, the there. one guy, you mentioned it, the one guy who made this decision, the superintendent of schools, and this sounds <laughs> like I'm making this up, is an 83-year-old guy who kept talking about coming out of retirement. I didn't even understand what he meant. I don't know if he was retired several times. I guess he must have been. He's 83. He shows up in a sweatshirt and a tennis cap Yep. for not one, but numerous press conferences. He clearly does not have a clue. And, and I have this vision of a 640,000 student school district being closed because some guy who barely even knows how to get into his email get, gets an email. Then he goes, oh, my gosh, we're all going to die. And, of course, the, and this is where it gets really important. It's not just that a day of school was missed in Los Angeles, which does have a huge impact. In fact, by the way, this didn't get all that much press, but at least one student died. I don't know if you knew that or not. A student died after this decision was made crossing the street when, yep. they, when they would have been in school, a, a high school student. Now, obviously, you can't 100% sure say, okay, was, was that the reason why it happened? But certainly, if you use your brain, logic dictates that if there's school that day, he's not on the street. All right? So somebody died. And this is why I'm very upset about this issue. Because as we're facing now terrorism coming closer and closer to home. These are decisions that are going to have to be made on a weekly, if not daily basis. That's right. And if if we set the precedent that this is the standard and that it's okay to cancel anything on a whim, all because it's for the children. It's for if the If we can children. save one life, one oh, life, thank it's you. worth it. That's the, that is the philosophical premise of that I have a real hard time with. And it's because it's idiotic. It sounds really good, but it's idiotic. And here's why it's idiotic. Not just because I just told you that a student died, possibly because of this decision. Correct. But here's how we know it's idiotic. It's not the standard, okay? It, that is not the standard. And here, and the proof of it is, if the standard was that we can save one life, was truly how we dictated everything we do, the speed limit would be five to ten miles per hour, and yes. that's not a joke because we we allow the speed limit to be 55, 65, 70, whatever it is, knowing, knowing that tens of thousands of people are going to die 
because of that decision. If the speed limit was five miles per hour, we would save tens of thousands of lives. Now, we wouldn't be able to function, we would, but we have made a decision as a society that we would rather function. We're going to give up those tens of thousands of lives per year. We don't consciously make this decision. It would be interesting if we ever thought about it this way. But the reality is we have said, okay, we're okay with that because that's the level of death on the road we're willing to put up with in order to be able to run our lives properly based upon what we've become accustomed to. Similarly, if that's the standard, if the, if the one life standard is truly how we're going to make decisions, then stick a fork in us. We can't function. We might as well just stay in a plastic bubble somewhere and never do anything. Because as I, I'll say now for the third time, the decision to close those schools very likely caused a death of one Correct. of one person. So the, the, why I'm, I'm upset with this is not just that it's a this is no longer just philosophical, Leah. We're no longer talking about, boy, you know, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. And Zig's a logical guy and things that are illogical drive them crazy. No, 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 no. We're now into a practical area where this is going to happen again. And I found it amazing. Did you not? Or maybe maybe, maybe you didn't. Not only did no heads roll in Los Angeles because of this decision, the story was dropped. It was dropped oh, yeah. immediately. Like, let's pretend that never happened and let's oh, just yeah. move on. Uh, well, we can't get upset with them because they're trying to protect the children. Well, and that's that, that to me on that path, that that path is, have, is paved to hell right there it, because it sounds so you can't argue with it. No one other than on talk radio, will argue with that because how do you argue against children? Oh, gosh. It's the fact they cannot tell the difference between yeah. a real threat right. or a hoax, which should scare the bejesus out of everyone. Well, see, that's and that gets me to the final point, and this is how it all plays right into the hands of Donald Trump. How amazing is it? Let's let's be clear. The people that made these decisions in Los Angeles, they're all liberals, right? Yeah. Uh, they're all liberals. I mean, this this superintendent, I guarantee, voted for Obama at least eight or nine times. <laughs> Fifteen. Yeah, right. I mean, there there is there's not a conservative in the room when these decisions are made. How bad are liberals at being able to determine what's terrorism and what's not? It's they am- are just inept. It's impossible for them to see the obvious. It is amazing. Fort Hood, they they blew. Benghazi, they blew. San Bernardino, they blew. All in the same direction. And then they get a clearly hoax email. Oh, my God, it's terrorism. I That's mean, right. It is unbelievable how poor, and I, I think it's because, and I say this all the time, it's not because they're idiots, all right? It's because the prism through which they see the world once the, when the get information goes through that very distorted prism, it's all jumbled, and they can't figure it out. And oh, they can figure it out if it's a shooting from a white person in Colorado yeah. outside a Planned Parenthood place. Or they can blame the Confederate flag immediately uh, <laughs> in South Carolina, even though there's no evidence at all that the Confederate flag had anything directly to do with that killing. But, I mean, the, the re, you're... It's amazing. But see, they're only able to do it, Leah, in situations where we can't prove it in the other direction. Correct. Uh, in, in, whenever we get a situation where we're actually able to eventually prove it, it's unbelievable how wrong they are. And as many problems as I have with Donald Trump, 
I would take his instincts on this issue while he's blindfolded and drunk over yep. any liberal. I mean, yep. it is unbelievable how bad they, they, they can't pick the winner of a two horse race when no, it comes to <laughs> figuring out. They can't figure, they sometimes can't get the a winner of one, a one, horse one horse race when it comes to figuring out what's terrorism and, not, and what's not. And that's scary because, by and large, they're in charge. It's not yeah. just the White House. They're in charge of every school district in this country. Yes. Uh, and, and these are the decisions that are going to have to be made. And if we're going to cancel everything on a dime, a fraudulent dime, then it's over for us. It is over. We cannot live in our society this way. And fighting terrorism, I actually think one of the most important weapons we have or could have in fighting terrorism is not panicking in the face of idle threats because if we collapse in the face of bogus and hoax obviously hoax filled threats that's an amazing weapon we've just given them they don't even have to do anything all they have to do is threaten it somewhat credibly and we'll collapse that's death to our society we cannot function and so that's why what happened this week in Los Angeles is so damn important and why the lack of reaction and repudiation of it is so damn depressing. Uh, anything else you wanted to say on that? No, right. you covered it. I got it. All right. Appreciate it. All right. When we come back, <laughs> we got to talk about how another thing that happened this week that was perfect for Donald Trump that he had nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> what he'll benefit from enormously. We'll do that on the John and Leah show right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out each and every one of the 20 stations on which we are broadcast each and every Sunday throughout the formerly great nation that is the United States of America. And, uh, Leah, we keep hearing in the presidential race, which we'll get into more detail in the next hour or during our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, we keep hearing that the Republican establishment is very frustrated and confused because they're just now realizing that for some reason their base of support doesn't trust them. And they, <laughs> and, and they just can't figure out why people are gravitating to, for instance, Donald Trump, uh, yep. formerly Ben Carson, people who have never held elected office. They just they can't figure out why or how this could possibly happen. And yet the very same people end up passing with largely Democratic support, a brand new budget this week, which gives Donald Trump exactly what he would wanted for Christmas, yep. which is more reason to not support the Republican establishment. Tell us about that. Well, once again, the leadership in the House of Representatives worked out the budget behind closed doors and then gave Congress 24 hours to read the whole thing. Now, after reading the budget-busting omnibus bill, Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions says he understands why GOP voters are angry at Washington. He's calling it an open rebellion. They elect people that they believe are going to take action to protect their security, their jobs, their wages. And what do they get? Bill that is worse than current law. 
He points out this bill funds President Obama's entire Syrian Muslim refugee program. We're looking at 270,000 Muslim refugees in just the next 12 months. It gives illegal aliens checks from the government. It fully funds sanctuary cities and allows four times as many foreign worker visas than are currently allotted. Also, Planned Parenthood is fully funded as well. And it takes away the funding from the border fence legislation that was passed in 2006. All right, now to be fair, I, I don't think that the 270,000 refugees in one year number. Yes. Uh, no, I, I. In 12 months. I have not read that anywhere else. So In 12 I, months. The number, why do I keep reading about the 10,000 refugees? That's 10,000 extra on top of the 270. All right, well, I'll have to take your word for it. But and also to be fair, you mentioned the the uh, Syrian Muslim refugee program. I don't think that the the word Muslim is anywhere in the actual well, refugee the, the program. The fact is that he is not allowing Christians to come into this country. It's only Muslims, which is why another radio talk show host had to go rescue some himself. They're not allowed to come here. In fact, 12 right. countries have turned away okay. the Christians. Right. They're the, Muslims. Right. I don't want to get bogged down in the details, but we see here. Here's, no, here, here in, well, okay, fine. Uh, the, the re- <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Leah, since you're the news person here. Oh, the, yeah. The, um, and, and you're far more passionate on this than I am. All right, here's the big picture, all right? First of all, uh, who told you getting rid of John Boehner wasn't going to do you any good, Okay. Who told it's you? It's not a who, no, 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 no. Who told you? Who told you that, Leah? Did I want Paul Ryan? No, 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 no. No, no. You wanted Boehner gone. I never argued with you saying Paul Ryan was gonna be a no, 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 great no, 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 deal no, no, for us. No, 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 no. This I, I, is the same thing Boehner would have done. I know. But, but, the same thing. I understand that. My okay, my so whole what, my whole point is when I told when 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 the when you and others were were cheering for Boehner to leave, I told you at best. At best, you're only going to get the same kind of deals. Well, that's fine because he's being primaried. Uh, hey, man, uh, no, I'm ready to let him go. Well, Paul, Paul Ryan, you're out. No, he's not going to. Oh, gonna get yes, he will. He will not get beat. No. I'm telling you. Right. Okay. You watch. All right. But my, again, my first point here is be careful what you ask for. John. It's a se- Hey, the, it's no better, no worse. Uh, I'm glad Boehner's gone. Yeah, you could argue I'm it's worse. I'm glad you he's could actually, gone. Actually, you could argue that nah. it's worse. No, here's why. Here's why you could argue that it's worse. If John Boehner had been still around to negotiate this deal, he would have known he was leaving and he wouldn't have given a damn like Ryan has to about what's going to happen in the next year or the next year. Ryan, because it was his first go-around, had less leverage than Boehner would have had. Okay? Oh, Boehner <laughs> wanted out every okay. single thing I, in here. I, I, any, look, right. I'm going to agree with you that based upon what I – and obviously, like everybody else, I haven't read the thing. But the people I trust, like, for instance, Sessions, if he's got that big of a problem with it, and from the details that I have read about, it certainly seems like a crap deal for Republicans, considering the fact that they allegedly have the majority in the Senate and in the House. Uh, I will I will just say that when you don't hold the presidency and, you're, and the media is 100% against you and your only leverage is government shutdown, which you're going to get blamed for, that's not much leverage, all right? But I will agree that it's a sellout. It's a total gutless sellout, and it's it's a hundred percent stupidity, especially given the timing. The timing is is and, and frankly, you know what? 
Um, maybe the uh, Democrats were smart enough to realize this. But the reality is, when you have a situation, as I, I entered this entire subject r- relating to, when you have a situation where the Republican establishment is at an all-time low when it comes to the trust of its base, and you're in the middle of a presidential primary where you claim that Donald Trump is an existential threat to the Republican Party, and you give Donald Trump exactly what he could have... I mean, he could never have dreamed of something like this as a Christmas present. On a present. platter. On, on a, as a Christmas present. I mean, because anybody who was on the fence about... Giving the middle finger to the GOP establishment. That's right. That's is, right. Is now 100 percent in the camp of throw the bums out. Screw you guys. Screw <laughs> you guys. And and the thing is, they can say because of Trump, they can say screw you guys and still plausibly think, even though it's not real, but. They, they can create the perception, because a lot of people in the conservative media are allowing this per- misperception to, to take hold, that Donald Trump can actually win the presidency. So they actually think, aha, all right, now I have my excuse to give the middle finger to the Republican establishment, and we're going to blow up the whole deal because Trump's going to win. Um, now, that's not the case. Trump's not going to beat Hillary. I wish he was going to beat Hillary. But he's not, barring some sort of cataclysmic event. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. What? what, what, what this is to me collapse or terrorism. It, it's or both? coming. Something is coming. I'm right. telling you, it's coming. All right. Well, okay. I'm in the camp of well, that's certainly possible, and I still don't know that that would mean that Trump would beat Hillary. I'm in the camp of you don't bet. The future of the country, at least the next eight plus years, and all that would entail, you don't bet all of that on the hope that something catastrophic is going to happen in exactly the right way and exactly the right time so that a miracle happens and that Donald Trump beats Hillary Clinton. Well, um, I, you know what? I'm ready to blow the whole thing up at this point. I know uh, you are. Seriously, I, I'm ready to sell the GOP down the I river and take what's coming from the Democrats. I, Okay, and, and see this because is, we're no better off. This how is, are we better off? Okay, well, here's why. Here's how we are better off, and the, and the Republicans do a lousy job of selling this because it's you're selling a crap sandwich. The, here's how you're better off. If Obama had a Democratic Senate and a Democratic Congress, this budget would be far worse. It, 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 he I, did. Right, I understand that, and this would be it would be far. That's how we got Obamacare, Leah. That's how we got Obamacare. There's been no Obamacare's, uh, at least. I mean, this is not asking, it's not bragging about much, but that's the reality. That's how they we even got made Obamacare. the Obamacare better in this. They actually gave it a pass. Leah. They they put off a tax. They helped Obamacare. I'm I'm not <laughs> arguing that this was a good deal. I'm not I'm not I'm, I've already said that it's not. It's a crap sandwich. I'm saying I'm always been in the camp of we are the titanic we've hit the iceberg as a nation we are going to sink it's just a matter of how much more time do we have before the ship sinks and because i got a three-year-old daughter i'm in the camp of okay there is some value in making that go as slowly as possible and and to me if we throw it if we blow up the the resistance whatever resistance there is which is the republican party the ship's going to go down even faster than it already is. Now, it might not might only be 15 minutes at this point. Maybe the Republicans, as they currently exist in Washington, are only saving us or, or buying us an incredibly short amount of time because they're all gutless cowards. So, so you might be right about that. Maybe I'm being you know, overly optimistic about how much we can slow down the rate of our destruction. Uh, I, 
but I, I guess I wish when I look at the scenarios and I go, there is a scenario where we can beat Hillary, but we're not going to be smart enough to figure it out. That would be Marco Rubio. Um, well, that's well, the reality. It's rewarding. it's rewarding bad behavior, and there's so okay. many people in this country that just can't do it again. And that's why, again! And that's why Donald Trump had a tremendous week even before the debate, which we'll get to when we come back on the John and Leah Show and the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 